The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. I will not wear the mask. 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 I will not wear a mask. I will not get the vaccine. I will not get the vaccine. And I will not get the vaccine. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. In the Lord, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust, and I will not be afraid. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day. For the Lord is the great God, and the great King above Rise all. up, O judge of the earth. Render punishment to the proud. Lord, how long will the wicked, how long will the wicked chime? Righteousness and justice are the foundation of this I hate world. the work of those who fall away. With my mouth I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I have said, mercy shall be built up forever. Your faithfulness you shall stand. On an instrument of ten strings, on the lute and on the harp, with harmony sound. For you, O Lord, have made me glad through your works. I will you, triumph in the works of your are on high forevermore. For behold, your enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. I will defy tyrants. 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 And good day, America. Welcome Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers in the house, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S.-occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns you about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us here this morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so. SonsofLibertyRadio.com and also SonsofLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right, you can see the face that's made for radio, head over to SonsofLibertyMedia.com and you'll see two videos at the top of the screen. Now again, I, I'm still on the old computer here, okay? So I've, it's not as powerful as the other one, so we've got some problems here, but the browser... Uh, for whatever reason, it's been up for 30 minutes here, and still, it won't refresh. So yesterday's image is still there for our show. On the left side of the page is Bradley's show from yesterday. I know you guys didn't get it on Rumble. I don't know if there was a problem with Rumble or what the case was. We re-uploaded it there. You can watch it up until 3 o'clock this afternoon, at which time he'll be live, I assume. Uh, live from wherever he's at. I think he's out in Michigan, I think. 
Uh, he'll be there at 3 o'clock. So be sure to check him out there. On the right side of the page is where we're at. Click on the play button. Uh, blow it up on whatever device you've got. And then there's a Rumble icon in the bottom right-hand corner. Click on that and you can join us in the chat on Rumble. We are streaming live to Rumble at Sons of Liberty Radio Live. Uh, be sure to subscribe to the channel. We're also on BeforeIt'sNews.com, top of the page there. DLive.TV at The Sons of Liberty. Uh, a variety of Facebook pages that bear my name, uh, both personal and public. And then we're also on Twitter at the real Tim Brow 2 Just type it out the way it sounds. Leave off the end and put a 2 in its place. And then the real Tim Brown at Twitch if you want to pick us up there. Right up under where we're streaming live is where you can sign up for our newsletter. You get one of those a day. It goes out between 7 and 8 o'clock in the evening. That includes the Morning Show Archive, by the way, which you can get in there. And uh, if you want our ministry email, go to sonsoflibertyradio.com. That tells you what we've been doing in the ministry uh, on the radio and the internet and out among the 50 states teaching people our Christian and constitutional heritage. Uh, you can go to sonsoflibertyradio.com, sign up for that email. You get it once a week. goes out on Saturdays. Uh, you'll get a special in there for our store. I'll tell you about that in just a little bit as well. If you agree with our message and you want to help keep us out there, there's a donate button at the top of the page, sonsoflibertymedia.com. Click on that and make a one-time donation, or you can partner with us monthly as a son or daughter of liberty. And guys, we really do appreciate you, because without you doing what you do, supporting us in the chat, on the radio, on the video platforms, and financially and prayerfully, uh, we can't do fully what we're doing. We'll still do what we're doing, but it won't be as as impactful. We won't have uh, the, the, opportunities, the t- opportunities that we normally have. This week, we're highlighting in our store the What is the Price t-shirt. This is one of our more popular t-shirts. Uh, $2 off uh, through Saturday, uh, the donation through Saturday at midnight. And on the front of it is, what is the price of your freedom? Ask a veteran. On the back is, what is the price of your redemption? Ask the Son of God. Again, these are normally $20 donation. They're knocked down to 18 You don't even have to have a promo code. So uh, Stephanie has set that up so that you don't have to go through all those, jump through all those hoops and everything else like... Uh, Uh, Like we were doing before. Anyway, uh, this morning we've got a very special guest with us. And boy, I mean, it it happened so quick. I got an email from a guy with a couple of people on it. And of course... Uh, Trevor Loudon was on there. We, you know, I went and did an interview with him down here at the JBS thing down in Greenville, and I played that for you guys. And we talked a little bit about China. Uh, we had a lot of correction on <laughs> on Donald Trump, uh, but we talked a, a little bit about China. We talked about the influence of things that's going on and, and such like that. Uh, and there was another gentleman who was on there that I'm, I'm familiar with. And then there was a lady by the name of I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna say her name right, Kay Rubicek. And uh, she was on there, and I said, I, and I read the difference of her between these other people, and she was going to be talking some similar stuff, but but very, there, there's just something about uh, what I read in what was given to me that I said, oh, I'd, I'd like to, I think I'd like to have her on to get what she's what she's going after here. So let me give her a, a bit of a proper introduction, and we're going to bring Kay on here. Uh, she is a celebrated author, award-winning filmmaker, and distinguished journalist from NTD Epoch New- Times News. She's a third-generation fighter of communism. Her family fled communism in Russia back in the 1920s, and her husband and her fled Australia because of socialism over 10 years ago. They got out before it got really, really bad. Now she is committed to fighting for the truth and repelling all of the components of communism and socialism in America. Uh, to Kay, America is the last best hope for the world. She is committed 
committed Christian with her husband and children living in upstate New York. Don't hold that against her. Her new book, Who is China's Walking Dead, is a firsthand account of all the oppression, violence, and propaganda in China from real victims and their stories. It's my pleasure to welcome to the Sons of Liberty, Kay Rubichek. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for that introduction, Tim. Appreciate it. Absolutely, absolutely. And it's great to have you on the show. And uh, so here's the thing. I, let, before we get into any of the stuff about China and these stories that you've got and everything, tell us a little bit about yourself. You, your, your family had fled Russia. How did that happen that you went from Russia down to Australia and then now you're up in the States? Well, you know, actually, my family fled communism three times. It wasn't only two times. And, and I'm not including Australia in, in that. So first in Russia in the 1920s, my grandparents escaped. And where did they go to? Well, they went to China because that was before the Chinese Communist Party took over there. So in Russia, they were people of faith. They were people who they had a small business. They had some land. And so they were going to be killed, basically, or they would have been in the gulags. Uh, from you know when the Soviets came in and took over um, you know the biggest nation at the world in the world and um, what did they do they they escaped it took them five years to travel from one side of the country down through Mongolia eventually got to China where my father was born and raised as a young Russian boy living in northeast China but then the Chinese Communist Party came over there and again uh, they had to escape they weren't able to have really the basic levels of freedom that we take for granted that my father was very lucky to survive the uh, what was called what we we called the great famine but great as in it's it was massive it killed up to 45 million people 45 million people in just a couple of years so my father would tell me that they didn't have much to eat in China sometimes and he didn't say much more than that uh, my husband's family es escaped the former Czechoslovakia while it was under the Soviet occupation from under the Communist Party. And they were very lucky to survive. They were they could have been sent back. They waited in a refugee camp for four months, not knowing if they would have been sent back to Czechoslovakia. And if they were, they would have been put into prison. So my family escaped three times and I, I met my husband in Australia and, uh, and I came over here for work um, 12 years ago now. But I had already seen what was happening in Australia and known that really america is the is the last hope for it, it sounds like such a big thing to say it's the last hope for the world really when you look at this karl marx called communism a specter right it's 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 evil it's a evil ideology it's a however you define it as a demon or a ghost or he himself was calling it a demon a demon ghost a specter that has permeated so much of the world and it has permeated even here in the US. And so I've been, yeah, so, so my history with communism goes goes through, especially with China. So I don't know if you want to get into that right now, but um, all of that came together here in, in once I came to the US and realized how far we have gone. Uh, and I've been in uh, filmmaking and video production all that time and, and just decided that I need to use my skills for this mission, for this cause, to really help people wake up and see what's going on and make sure that we don't lose the faith that we need to get through this historic time, really. Okay. All right. So here's here's the thing. You've got a book out, 
And and I want to I want to kind of go through some of the things that you bring out in the book. Now I haven't got a chance to to read it yet. Um, I did see that it is on Audible, so I'm probably going to pick that up today because I have a credit that I can use. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna try to listen to that. But what are you doing here? You're 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 telling stories of thing of of individuals in China and what they're experiencing, what they're suffering. Do you want to tell us what led you to write this book? I mean, you're telling us your 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 dad was there in China. Uh, but you weren't. How did you get in touch with these people, and what were some of the experiences that you write about? Well, I was in China for okay. uh, a few days only. As a, I, I traveled over there, but I traveled there as a human rights advocate. I went there uh, to hold a banner on Tiananmen Square, and I spent a day in a Chinese prison for that. I held a banner that had one word on it when I was being arrested. The, ho- the whole banner had three words, truth, compassion, and tolerance. But the word I was holding that I was arrested for was compassion. And I was put, I was uh, violently um, you know, assaulted. I wasn't beaten as badly as some of the other people uh, that I saw. But within 30 seconds of holding that banner, I was violently thrown into a van and uh, whisked away. And the tactics that I saw, uh, I was in an underground basement uh, prison cell and just witnessing the way these people have been brainwashed to think was absolutely eye-opening. Uh, interacting with the police officers there, seeing how they were f- trying to force me to sign papers that um, I couldn't read. They were in Chinese. I, I was not going to put my name on that. Um, all these things, they were, they, were, they were brutal and they were screaming and they were, you know, all the things that they they try to do to intimidate and interrogate, and then, then they switch their tone and try and be all nice and try another tactic to get you to compromise on 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 the truth. And um, so that was a very eye-opening experience. That happened to me in 2001. And since then, I decided to uh, switch my work. You know, I was working professionally as a video producer, and I decided to switch my work into telling these stories. So I've just been, I've had the privilege of interviewing more than 100 survivors of communism from regimes all around the world, uh, but especially in China. That's the largest communist regime right now, and that's they are infiltrating uh, the U.S. in so many ways, stealing our technology, bringing drugs across the border, um, bringing in the ideology through coercive ways and uh, subversive means. Buying off our politicians. Can I ask you something yep. before we get too far down? How did you get out of the situation where you've been arrested, you've been beaten, you've, you've had all these tactics used on you for a day? How did you get out of the situation that you were in because you had a sign that said compassion on it? I had an Australian passport. Okay. And I have white skin. That's If, if I looked Chinese, I, I may not have made it out of the uh, the prison despite whatever passport I had but because I had an Australian passport they knew and and, and I'm you know Caucasian they knew that if I um, I couldn't be held for more than 23 hours and I knew this too because I broke no law I knew what before I left I knew I wasn't breaking any laws just to hold a sign saying compassion in a public place. I was not on private property I was uh, on Tiananmen Square it's just a public place in China but there's more police and undercover police in on Tiananmen Square than there are uh, uniformed police, and I saw that personally firsthand. So, yeah, that's that's how I got out. Was because if they had kept me over twenty four hours, they would have had to get the Australian embassy involved, uh, and so they got me out quickly. But 
it just really it also it also showed to me how vulnerable these types of regimes are because what did they have to do they had to get me out of the country they had to they took me along a sort of a, a small a, a, a private hallway a secret hallway it was not a public to get even onto the airplane i didn't see a single person except for officials uh you know police people when i was taken uh from wherever i was being ca held captive all the way onto the airplane i didn't see a single person in the airport uh not even staff uh, like airport staff so i had a, a private secret passageway and in that they are so vulnerable to truth being exposed they wouldn't even didn't even want me to have the opportunity to possibly say the word compassion to a chinese person um in a public place again so this is the it also gave me a lot of hope it, it opened my eyes a lot to see how um brutal and pervasive the, the brainwashing is in china and how that works and, and the t horrible tactics that they use against people who um stand up for for truth basically and and for other people humanity but um they are so really it's a system built on lies and so anyone trying to expose those those lies is a threat to them because the truth will will bring down bring down that system and it will eventually but that's what i found through my interviews um so i was interviewing a lot of survivors and i, I was making a movie called finding courage which is a story of faith over fear of family sticking together and overcoming horrific tragedy and and terror but coming out with hope on the other side and and so i interviewed this amazing family um and how they overcame the uh brutal torture from the chinese communist party and but they couldn't answer me questions about um you know why why how can they be so cruel how can they be so cruel? That was one of my biggest questions was I knew the Communist Party's bad, but it's it's really so bad. I, I couldn't put half the stories in this book because it would just be too devastating for people, the stories that I heard uh, firsthand from people. So I decided that I needed to talk to people who actually did the torture, who actually did the brainwashing, who, who I, I spoke to a man who I interviewed him, um, who did, he didn't just want, run one slave labor prison camp he ran multiple slave labor prison camps in a whole region in china and um, i interviewed a former judge a former um secret agent propaganda officials uh police chief commissioner and so i interviewed these people to find out how the regime works but what they told me was so um was so much more and and, and it just wasn't out there it wasn't out in the public I could only put about two minutes of what they said into my movie because the movie was about a family. It wasn't about these guys. But so many people said to me after watching the movie, I need to know about these guys. What's their story? And I said, you don't want to know. I don't know. I don't want to tell you. It's awful. Um, but when I saw what was happening uh, here, especially in, you know, with, with, in 2020 with all the craziness going on, I thought I've been following China and researching, investigating this for 20 years and people didn't want to pay attention. But now it's time that Americans have to pay attention. Amen. And now I'm going to bring it out. So I, I published this book and I I just thought if I, if I just tell you their stories, you won't understand it because the things they told me were so bizarre that I didn't understand it. And I can, thought I knew China. Can you give, can you give people just a, maybe an ex, one example of something like that, that these guys, how are they? I mean, here's the thing. 
you're you're also a committed Christian. You're a believer in the Lord Jesus, and so I know that the church in China is flourishing, the underground and the above ground church. But but they're flourishing, and they're starting. My understanding was they're starting to have an impact even within the Communist Party. That there's some questioning that's going on even among some of those in the Communist Party. And I got a bug flying around. I don't know what's going on with that. Anyway, um, can you give people a little flavor of that because? The difference is really the ideology, and I tell you, we're, we're, we're experiencing in the United States of America, we're experiencing this hostility towards Christianity. We're experiencing this, this hostility towards the foundations that we had, you know, the Mayflower Compact. We're, we're here for the glory of God, the advancement of the gospel of Jesus Christ, all this. All these kinds of things coming against us. What was going on? Can you give like one or two examples of what was going on with these people who were torturing, who were running these slave labor camps? And maybe you might want to add what they were producing that Americans are buying from these people who are slave laborers. Everything. Yep. <laughs> Everything from I interviewed people who were sorting beans, just little beans in a big bag. For days, that's all they're doing. You know, and I interviewed a 13-year-old boy. He was uh, 18 when I interviewed him, but um, he was 13 when he was put into prison. They shaved his head, they took his glasses away, and 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 he was he was only there for standing up for his belief. That's all. He did. He broke no law, and uh, they took his glasses away. He couldn't see anything because so he had bad bad eyesight, and he spent days just crying while sorting beans that he was told were being sent to America. Um, I, I, so I can list lots of products, but um, the, you're right. The ideology is the difference. And when the hostility towards faith here, towards you know the foundation of the founding of, of this nation, it is coming. You, you can trace that back to the communist ideology, to Marxism, socialism. I, I kind of use the three three of those interchangeably because sure. they go back to the same thing. They're atheistic. They, well, you know, they know that God exists, but in, as far as I'm concerned, they're, they're jealous of God. But, that's right. That's uh, exactly right. That, right. And that's the, that's the, those strategists at the top. They, they want to play God, but then there's all these other people beneath them who just want to live. And right, and then and isn't that what and, we all are? We just want to be left alone, right? That's right. We're we're not trying to, uh, you know, trying to remake humankind or, or society and things like that. But there there are these people who want to do that, and those strategists to pull things together. And China is, I like to say, China is the best example of the worst case scenario because they've had more than seventy years under this evil regime, this evil ideology, that has really ripped apart faith in China. And the underground church is, I'd like to say, that more free <laughs> than the above ground church. Yeah, yeah. Um, because the above ground church has to put the Communist Party above God. And and that's a major compromise that I, I you know, well, I don't agree with. Um, Can I ask you something about that as far as America? I don't mean to interrupt too much. I want to let you talk as much as you want. But... Do you see that in America, too? Because one of the things I've talked about... Now, look, <clears throat> I understand what 501c3 is, and the IRS recognizes a free church without going through all that government recognition stuff. They do. Most of them just don't want to do it because people want their, their tax stuff. And it's like, God loves a cheerful giver, does he not? Is that not what the Scripture says? Yeah, he loves a cheerful giver. It's not about whether you get a benefit of taxes and stuff like that on it. 
Do you see that as part of tied in with the same kind of ideology that the above ground church does there? Because the church that goes 51C3, or they become, especially if they become incorporated, which I think is just an abomination, because they're saying the state is the creator of the church when it's really the Lord Jesus. Do you see an influence that's been going on there for some time too? There's definitely an influence that they've been working on for a long time, really over the last hundred years, because, but they hide, they hijack opportunities. So something may be coming from, there may be some corruption in other forms coming from other ways to test us, but then the, the communist party will, will latch onto that. This is their tactic is to amplify anything negative and use that to achieve their goals. So if they see that someone has um, willy is a if can be corrupted um, is willing to compromise on the values on the teachings, they will use that and they will they seek out those people. They pressure them. They have their own. Um, they train people in in within their regimes to do this. I've read textbooks. I've read speeches. I've I've read so many um, piles of communist documents uh it's, it's just so clear it's in black and white i uh, that this is their strategy this is what they do they train people to do that so yes they do uh, down to the you know the nth degree of which law was passed maybe that person was not directly influenced by a a, a communist but the commun communist regime the ideology will the specter <laughs> will take advantage of those willing to compromise and we see that everywhere um so in, in China, they really have compromised to such a degree uh, where I'll, I'll give you an example of one of the things they, they told me. Uh, I was interviewing a high profile. It was a former official that most of the ones I interviewed were not in the regime anymore. A few were, but I couldn't include their names and faces um, because for safety reasons. And others I had to say no to because that would have put them in big danger and, and I just Really, it's it is a dangerous system there in in China. I don't want that blood on my on my hands. I just couldn't do it, so I said no to a number of interviews. Uh, but there was one one gentleman who uh, living in the U.S. and he was a former police chief uh, commissioner in Beijing, the China's capital. And at one point in the interview, he said to me, "We have become soulless bodies." And wow, and I was yeah. I heard this from a translator. I had simultaneous translation coming in one ear and I don't like to stop the interviews when I'm doing this particular kind of documentary stuff, but I had to, cause I'm like, am I hearing this correctly? And she said, yes, yeah, soulless bodies, walking flesh. And uh, I said, I, I don't like this, but uh, could I say walking dead? Because you, you know, what, what could I say to, to zombie. people in They're America? Right? Zombie. Yeah. Zombie. So she said, yeah, the translator said, yes, that's a fair translation. And so I then started when I was doing each subsequent interview after that, I asked the the person, have you heard of this term walking dead? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They said, sure. 50 years ago, 50 years ago, the academics in China said, this is what China will become. This is the ones who left China wow. from afar. They said, this is what this nation will become. This is what our people will become. We will become the walking dead under this evil atheistic ideology and that's what's happened yeah that you know that reminds me we had uh, brent winters on i don't know if you're familiar with him he's runs a uh, common lawyer.com 
and uh, we were we had him on a couple of weeks ago, and he was talking about or the first interview we did. He was talking about the Tower of Babel. He was talking about the language being confused by God, and he said it's not just the different tongues that were there. It they were saying all the same thing. It was the propaganda that was driving the people. I think that's what you're getting at. Is they don't think. And boy, am I seeing. You know, we had uh, Charlotte Isserby on the show. Uh, before she died, and of course we do an education, I want to say an education show, every Wednesday where the government is infiltrating education. It's really indoctrination. It's the dumbing down of the society, and we've already been through that for I don't know how many generations now, and you see the people don't know how to think. They they can spout off to you certain things that they hear on television, Uh, they can pass along the propaganda, but to stop and say, well, wait a minute, am I being told the truth? They are that we we're seeing zombies here in America. I, I would assume that you're seeing that. That's why you're wanting to be so outspoken in this. Yes, because I don't want that to happen here. Uh, I mean, my my family has escaped communism three times, and I want my children. I've got two children, and I want them to have a safe place to go to. There is nowhere left to run. Really, this this is this is a final uh, a final battle as far as I'm concerned, and. You know, I'll tell you another story from China, um, and I, I go into this in, in my book, but uh, another official said to me that the 1989, the Tiananmen Square massacre on, uh, so, so yet an example of, of how people have been indoctrinated to think a certain way and why and how they do it. And, and we see these, ta- I see these tactics playing out all across the US. I can find so many, I find so many parallels so that's that's why I published this book to to show you this is look at what's going on in China and you will see what's going on here. And in 1989, there was a massive uh, massacre on Tiananmen Square. Ten thousand is the number that was estimated to be killed. Innocent people that were killed. They were killed, run down by soldiers, uh, shot down by soldiers, and also run over by the um, the tanks. And ten thousand people. Um, so I, I interviewed a man who was part of the Ministry of Security at the time. So he was one of the ones pushing the button, sending the soldiers out. He knew exactly what was going on. He called his daughter that night and said, go out and watch watch it. The, the, the CCP, Chinese Communist Party, is killing everybody now. And he called his daughter and said, go and watch it because she lived in Beijing. She wasn't far away. She could go and see it. And I'm sitting there thinking, what? Why would you do that? I wouldn't send my kids out to to see this and he and so he starts quoting Lenin to me because this is the way this is he's been in the communist party all of his life and even sure. though he's trying to get away from it he doesn't know how to so he starts quoting Lenin about why it's so important to see these things and when I dig a bit deeper it it's really he he explained well I could see what he was trying to say because the language has been so perverted especially by those who uh, I call the officialdom, right? That those who are the hands and feet, the operators of the regime, they are at a different level to just the regular people on the street who don't really know they're being so manipulated. But these guys, they know they're being manipulated. They know they're part of it. They know they have to manipulate others and they know what's going to happen because this official knew that all that killing was going to be covered up, was going to be lied about. So he wanted his daughter to see the truth. He wanted to see her, her to see that, Yes, thousands of people were killed. And then what happened the next day? They cleaned everything up. And then over the following weeks, they held, uh, everyone was arrested publicly. All the students that were left, they publicly arrested anyone who was uh, part of the peaceful protests. 
and that it wasn't killed. They humiliated them uh, on national television. They called them enemies of the state. Um, and then they were put into prison and no fair trials. And what did they do on Tiananmen Square? They held this massive memorial, but it was all for show. And so I go through the footage uh, because I've seen all the footage from this memorial. Uh, I explain that and have photos of it from in my book. And they got all the youth. They had thousands of kids yep. standing there on the square and, they, and soldiers. And it wasn't a memorial for the 10,000 innocent citizens that were murdered. It was a memorial for a handful of soldiers who died on the square during the battle and uh, well, not even a battle through, during the oppression. And there was the, the basically the national memory was wiped out and saying and, and everyone knew someone that was at that protest. There was millions of people that came to the protest on Tiananmen Square over a few months because it wasn't just one week or one day. The, the students were there for months. So, so many people came and support them. It was becoming a national movement. Everyone knew someone there. And what happened? They all saw, they got massacred, thrown into prison. This, the media lied on every channel nationwide and everyone shut up. Everyone shut up and said, okay, don't say anything anymore. And no one said anything anymore. They came after people at their colleges. I interviewed people who were, were told, um, you were at the square, you were at Tiananmen Square. And they said, I, I wasn't, I wasn't in the protest. They said, we have footage, we can prove you watched one of the parades on this day at this time. And he said, well, yeah, I, I was just watching. And they said, you are now being punished. So they came after everybody. And this is the extremes. This ideology is so extreme. It's uh, extremely evil, but it's also just extreme in its behavior. Yeah. And so all the examples in my book, that's why I couldn't just publish their interviews, just say, this is what they said, because they're so extreme. The things they say, it's like, well, how can I believe that? So in my book, I use stories to explain how I came to understand and how how I can uh, back it up, verify all the things that I was told, how I questioned everything, but also my own family's experience and other um, communist regimes. I put all of that together so that people, you know, readers can understand how far gone these people are to be thinking the way they are and to understand how they think we need to have a bit of a process because they have had 70 years of this, generations under this. And that's what we're seeing now with the indoctrination through our schools. It's been there for a while, but it's it's now we can see it's all bubbling to the surface. You're seeing the fruit of it. You're seeing the fruit of that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Kate, one of the things is, is that uh, when, when you're talking about this and I, I think of uh, and Mr. Wordsworth had helped me here. I was going to bring this up a little bit because we just heard about the, the Chinese president over there uh, basically, you know, getting his third term and all this. And we remember when. President Trump, uh, which I think is a showboy. I, I think he's I think he's controlled opposition. That's just me. I, and I look back in history to us who bailed him out in the banksters in the 90s. I see his ties with Epstein for decades, which people don't want to talk about who sport him and, and all of the stuff that that was. And here's what Trump said. I know President Z very well. He's a brilliant leader and a great man. You know, I, I mean, just the way he speaks. And I'm sitting here going, wait a minute, this is the guy who continues to preside over the very things that you're talking about. 
And I had a friend who lived up in the northern part of China for decades. He's got a he he actually has a house down below me here in South Carolina. But he lived over for decades doing business. He said, "Tell me," he says, "I don't I don't see a lot of the stuff you know that that they have down there in Beijing and stuff." He says, "You know, we're out in sort of the rural areas of China and stuff. We don't have a lot of that." But he said, "I have a police friend who joined the force." And he actually saw the Tiananmen Square, the actual live footage, and he said it was a lot more than 10,000 people that were killed there. They, he said, and they felt like they had to squash it or they were going to lose their power. It reminds me of the Pharisees dealing with Jesus. It's better for one man to die than the whole nation be destroyed. Is that an accurate representation of what, of what you've discovered? Yes, and they say it very clearly in their documents that if a few they don't say one, they'll say if a few hundred thousand have to die, so be it. Basically, they worship the party and it's a cult-like thing because they put the party above everything. The party is their god. It, it cannibalizes itself. You, you, you see, they every official, the stress level of Chinese officials is so high. Um, their suicide rates are, are very high. It's you're, you know that you can be the scapegoat at any time and there's nothing you can do about it. Because once you reach that, you get the, you get it, the rank, people join the party because they know they can get a good job. They know they can get um, higher pay. They know they can bribe people. Uh, people will bribe them because uh, we'll give them gifts all the time because there's so much corruption there. And that's the system. When you, when you take away God, you take away divine law in the in the public sphere then that's people right. are just trying to you know they just start to worship money and that was that's been encouraged by the regime they've encouraged people to worship money and so when they they're doing that that's they've been really yeah i, I mean it was it was definitely a lot more than 10,000 that that were were killed on Tiananmen Square but it's interesting that so many people say oh i didn't even realize it was that many because it's just gets so squashed and people we have this it is the they're trying to change the language and rewrite history. That's if you've read, you know, George Orwell's famous 1984. It's very much I reference that a number of times in my book too because it's it's so telling and it's just it's really like that where they will change the language. Uh, I have a list of euphemism at the back of my book because when I was interviewing these guys, I'm like, wow, they just don't talk straight English, and and instead of calling. What do they call in all the official documents the massacre on, of more than ten thousand people, innocent citizens? Is called a political incident. It's called the political <laughs> wow. incident of nineteen eighty nine. Still today. Wow. So this is how they think. They do not think murder. They don't see a problem because yeah, it's really it's like as long as they achieve their goals, and and this is this is even built into the uh, the constitution. There's a constitution for the Chinese Communist Party. There's a constitution for the country. And the country communist uh, constitution is beholden to the Communist Party, the CCP. They say that in the constitution. So basically, um, it's, it's money above everything, human life, and it's absolute national control. They're the but two goals. Let's, let's, else? Yeah, let's, let's make a point. And I, I say this over and over. And you and I were talking about my friend Victor Porlier, who lost his life with his wife uh, a couple of years ago up there in New York in an explosion in the house, who used to come on the show and teach 
some history. I mean, after Soleimani was killed by Trump, uh, we started going back and saying, why did, why, what are people not understanding about how all of these things are a chain reaction for hundreds of years over there in the Middle East? We talked about these things, and it's like people don't get when theologians, and everybody's a theologian, you're either a good one or a bad one. Okay, that's just the way it is. And the Chinese are very obviously, at least at the upper levels, are very bad theologians because they say there is no God. They're suppressing the truth and unrighteousness, Romans 1. And I thank you for, for reiterating what I tell my audience is there is no atheist. There is no agnostic. They know there's a God. Paul says they know there's a God under inspiration of the Holy Spirit. They know there's a God, but they want to suppress that unrighteousness. Why? Because they want to fulfill the lust of their flesh. And God says, okay, if that's the way you want to go, go that way. And we're seeing that. The 45 goals of the Communist Party to destroy America, it right smack dab in the middle of it is normalize, you know, all this sexual perversion, homosexuality, all this kind. We're seeing that. That's just pushed in our face. Now, that's not the majority of people, but there's even though there's people not engaging in that, maybe there's one, one and a half percent of the people who are actually engaging in it, it influences a lot of people to tolerate it. And, you, you know, every state of our union has had anti-sodomy laws. And I point people back to even like New York, before we had a, a constitution, New York was one that says, it cited Leviticus, and it said, if you're engaged in sodomy, you get the death penalty. Several states were like that, and they cited the Bible for it. This was God's perfect justice on it. And it's not, and I tell people, I'm not bloodthirsty. I don't want to, because it's a community effort. It's not some guy done, doing it in the back room with a hood over his head and stuff like that. I want to play this for you. I played this yesterday on the show. This is China. Uh, I forget how you pronounce the name. Maybe you could help me with it. It starts with a Z. Zung Yung or something like that. Um, and so they have the people who are tested positive, which we know the tests are bogus anyway, tested positive for, for the convids. That's what I call them because I think it's really uh, what we've been experiencing when new technology rolls out anyway, which we had in Wuhan anyway. Uh, and nobody has ever isolated SARS-CoV-2. In fact, they're, they're building their, their so-called vaccines, the shots, they're fraudulently called vaccines. They're building them off of what the Chinese has sent us in a computer model, but nobody's isolated. Check out what they're doing to these people. I mean, it's just... It's, I don't know why the screen isn't changing. It's just crazy. Look, they put them in these little, I don't know, saran wrap little boxes. I, I don't know how many people you can count there, but uh, th this is what they're doing to them. This is what the ideology, ideology leads to. This is what you're talking about, that they don't recognize people made in the image of God. They don't even recognize that they're supposed to be ministers of God to punish evil and to uphold that which is good, Romans 13, that's a proper interpretation, not just submit to any tyrant for whatever he wants to call law, but to submit to the law of God. You know, as, as the psalmist said in Psalm 2, to kiss the son lest he be angry kind of deal. These guys are doing the exact opposite. So when the people are standing up, do you see any hope for China? I mean, do you? it's been 70 years. And when you talk about the issue of they're submitting to money, this again goes back to what Victor Poirier say, and, I, and it was a, it was one of those nuggets that I'm going to hold on to for the rest of my life. He said, Marxism starts with economy. And boy, that's all we hear in America now. It's the economy stupid, right? Isn't that what Bill Clinton said? It's the economy stupid. Biblical worldview, a Christian worldview, is one that says law and justice, based upon the lawgiver, our God, that's what God means, lawgiver, Based upon that is a biblical worldview. Do you
Do you see any hope for China? Do you see any transitions that are taking? In some of these instances where you talk with them, were you able to present the gospel to them? Had any of them even heard of you know the Creator coming in the flesh to give His life in order that He might save sinners such as them? From them, from their perspective, they didn't have much hope. These officials, the ones that were, uh, they've just been so broken. Um, quite a few of them did did come to faith, and that's why I think they were actually willing to speak to me, even though it was really hard to get them to to go on camera, let alone and, and talk to me. But what where the hope is in China, there there is hope, but as you're seeing, there there's a lot of devastation there's even there's there's natural disasters happening they're not being very much reported but they're happening all over the country there's a lot of really you know they've had shocking floods they've they've had shocking droughts they've had the sky turning red like it like there is no (laughs) there's no weather explanation for the things that have the phenomena that's been happening and people are asking you know is you know, is is God saying something? There, people are there. I think collectively, there's still that concept that there is something more. It's just it's been taken away from these people mm. because they've just been had to go so far from kindergarten. They've been trained sure. to love the party as their mother, to love the party as their father. So that means that they will turn on their mother and father if the party requires them to. And that's what's happened even with, with the COVID lockdowns. It's, it's just been, it's what you, what you showed is it's happening on a very, very large scale in China. That is not an isolated situation. Yep. And they are still building these camps now. Before they were building these slave labor prison camps. And my last movie has footage from inside of one, undercover footage. And they're even in cities. They, they just look like regular buildings on the outside. But all the people know, don't talk about that building. You don't want to go there. Um, but now the these camps are basically those boxes. Some of them kind of, I haven't seen too many of the saran wrap types, but I've seen a lot that are just sort of metal boxes, uh, even with children inside and they, they pass some food to them through like a, like a prison, you know, conduit kind of window thing. And you're thinking people are accepting this. There is hope that, yes, there are, that people want to get back to traditions there are those who know that that it's hard in a place like china because um they've had they experienced the cultural revolution that that really destroyed uh their connection back to god in in a, in a big way not to say that it's ultimately destroyed of course it's not it's that's just i just don't think that's possible but here america is clearly founded as one nation under god so we still have the memories of what this what the people fought for in this country and why they why they persisted over tyr- why they decided to fight against tyranny in china they don't have that so that one really there's a number of positive things but it's, it's not a, a lot of positive things um one really big one is that people have been renouncing the communist party and when that started a few years ago but now there's millions of people who have renounced the communist party in a way it's i think it's kind of removing the mark of the beast in some ways because they are, are saying, I don't want to be part of that system. Amen. That system is going to fall. It's going to go down a hill. And are you going to go with it or are you going to be on the other side? 
So that's how I see that working. And there's there's millions, millions of Chinese have bravely said, I don't want to be part of this anymore um, because they they signed up to the party as a youth in the youth league or to get a higher position or for different reasons. And many people have said, take that off me. I don't want that. And and I've read stories and, and interviewed people who've said that they feel a weight came off them when they said no to that that specter and say, no, we don't want that anymore. So to me, it's a spiritual battle now. Um, and it's it's really, we have to pray because we cannot rely on human law to to rectify these things. It's gone beyond that. And if you don't, if you're not recognizing divine law, then then it's it's going to get down to the wire. And I feel that that's that's where we are. And China is is right on the. Um, yeah, it looks so powerful, right? People look and say, "Oh my yep. gosh, China's going to take over the world." And and but at the same time, it's absolutely vulnerable because it's built entirely on a system of lies. Yep. And yeah. I, you know, Kay, I appreciate you bringing that up because that's what we do at the Sons of Liberty. Yeah, we'll talk about the bad stuff, but we want we want the solution. We want the resolve. We want we want people to go out and do the things. And I I've told people I said, forget your time with DC. It's a lost cause. It needs to be abolished. We need to secede or something. We need to get rid of that thing. It has become what Thomas Jefferson said has become a threat to our liberties, and the people have the right to abolish it and establish new government. But what you're saying is the positive message here. I want to go to 1 Corinthians 15. It's one of my favorite passages about what you're talking about. And this is what it says. And I want Christians who are you doom and gloom, oh, you know, it's just going to happen, this, that, and the other, because you've misinterpreted Scripture, whatever the thing is, I, I don't know. But this is what my Bible says. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. Now, Paul's talking about the resurrection. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept, or those that who had died. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. But every man in his own order, Christ the firstfruits afterward, they are at Christ, they are Christ at his coming. Then cometh the end, when he shall have delivered up the kingdom to God, even the Father, when he shall have put down all rule and all authority and all power, and he must reign. So Paul's talking about this in the first century, and he said, he's talking about Christ reigning then. I mean, he was he, the ascension is an, a, a vital thing that he actually didn't get conquered by the prince and power of the air, but he actually made it to the Father. He sent the Holy Spirit, and now he's reigning till he hath put all enemies under his feet. And the last enemy that shall be destroyed is death, for he hath put all things under his feet. That's Christ. God has the Father has put it under his feet. But when he has said all things are put under him, it is manifest that he is accepted, that's Christ, which did put all things under his, under him. Or that's God, I'm sorry, God the Father. And when all things shall be subdued unto him, then shall the Son also himself be subject unto him that put all things under him, that God may be all in all. And I gotta I gotta tell you, Kay, this is a message of hope for those who claim that they're believers in the Lord Jesus. We don't go out trying, you know, to convert people. We go to disciple them. That's what Jesus called us to do, to teach them to, to obey all that Christ commanded. And we trust God to convert them. And boy, every story I see coming out, of, especially the underground church there in, in China or some of the other communist countries, uh, some that have been even had some alleviation from some of that persecution, has been through what? 
faithful witnessing, faithful love of their fellow man, and bearing witness to the testimony of Jesus Christ, which the Bible tells us that we overcome uh, them by the word of our testimony and by the blood of the Lamb. Uh, that's that's how I see people doing that. I want to play something here before we finish the radio show. And Kay has said she doesn't have anything, so we're going to hold her over for a little bit. And I'm enjoying the 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 things that she's saying here. I want to play this little clip here. It's about a um, buck fifty here, two minutes uh, on her Finding Courage movie. So check this out, guys. There's an old Chinese saying my ancestors learned before the Communist Party took over our country. The family is the essential unit of human society, and that you must have honor and defend your family. But it's not always easy to do. When the regime gives the order, you have to kill. My heart was pounding. I felt my body bouncing and twisting on the floor. They put numbers on our shoulders, then separated us into rows of even and odd numbers. I was number nine. My brother, he is still in prison. And my sister, she was sent to a labor camp without a trial. But there's one piece of evidence they haven't been able to destroy yet. I left everything behind. If I can't expose what they did to us, then all of our suffering would be for nothing. Oh, I like what she had to say there at the end, Kay. Our suffering is not for nothing. It, there, there is a reason for our suffering. All right, and, open your Bibles. Oh my goodness, I've got Matthew Chuck Ball coming in here. Sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> there, there is, there is a reason for suffering. It, you know, it isn't there. It is an evil thing on man's intent, kind of like what Joseph told his brothers. But God means it for good. He is doing something that we don't fully understand. He's redeeming a people unto Himself. Um, we, we've got about a minute. About well, about probably 20 seconds are here. Tell people where they can find out more about you, and then we'll continue on the other side at sonsoflibertymedia.com. Go to my website, krubacek.com, and actually I've got a new ebook. It's It's short. You can download it there for free, and it's full of hope because after interviewing all of these people, I've actually found, you know, I've just documented the things that they say can actually help <laughs> I've got 10 steps to survive tyranny today. Faith is actually one of them. Strengthening your families is another one of them. Um, so take a look at my website, krubacek.com. That's K-A-Y-R-U-B-A-C-E-K.com. Amen. Amen. Kay, stay with us. I want, I want to hear some more from you. And uh, guys, you can check us out at sonscelebritymedia.com. Bradley be with you, I think, <laughs> at 3 o'clock Eastern. He's on the road and stuff teaching people Christian constitutional heritage. And we'll be back with you in the morning. Common Core David Lynn Taylor. See you then. All right, want to welcome everybody coming over from Red State Talk Radio. And Kay, uh, you know, I wanted to get that in there, uh, the 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 trailer there for your film, uh, so people can see that. I think the more 
I think there's something that resonates in the hearts of Americans. The one thing that I do see is though Marxism seems to be advancing here in the States, and it does seem to do that, the one thing I remember is that Jesus said, I'm going to build my church, and the gates of hell, and that includes Marxism, is not going to prevail against it. And Christians, you need to get that in your heart. You need to quit thinking with this, some are cowardly, uh, which the Bible says they find themselves first in the lake of fire. Uh, some of them think with this, you know, just this doom and gloom, oh, it's just going to happen. You know, I've read the book of Re- They don't know how to live holy lives, but, they'll, but they somehow know what the mark of the beast is and stuff like this. It's just really weird to me uh, that they haven't focused on the relationship to Christ and to obeying him, to loving God and loving their, man, their fellow man. All these kinds of things transpire. What is it? Let's get to America now. What are you seeing now? We're seeing people like Dianne Feinstein having a Chinese driver and advisor for 20 years, and nothing's done to this guy. Not, not that she's not taken in as a traitor, which is clearly what she is, as far as I'm concerned. You know, I talked about mercy yesterday. But look, when you're engaged in treason against your people, uh, yeah, you deserve a dirt, dirt nap. You don't deserve three hots and a cots for the rest of you. You deserve a dirt nap to, so that people understand God's justice as it says in the Old Testament, they learn from what goes on, and the people have a part in that. And there needs to be justice there. Or you've got Joe Biden, his ties with not only Ukraine, but with China and all of these other things. A multitude of politicians who have been pimping this um, this poison that's killed hundred, probably hundreds of thousands of Americans, because the VAERS report only gives us less than 1%, uh, injured millions of people, it's been pushed off into the world, all of these kinds of things. We have the traitors in our midst, and we have people like, in history, Oliver Cromwell, who would recognize that a Protestant king was bringing in Roman Catholics to invade his country, and they put a stop to it to the point where they cut the guy's head off because he wouldn't repent. So what do you see going on in America? What do you see as the solution the people have? Because in a Romans 13 scenario... The people are the king. We're the ones who established government, not uh, government established ourselves. It wasn't the right of divine right of kings or any of this. We're doing, what do you see here in America, and what gives you cause for concern? Do you have any expectations of hope? I mean, you're living in New York, for goodness sake. Uh, do you have expectations of hope and things like that? Can you share that with the audience as well? Yeah, we've been worn down. Everyone's been worn down. And when I was in Australia, I was taught to love Coca-Cola, um, eat McDonald's, um, love Hollywood movie stars, but to hate America and to look down on the American people as selfish. And I didn't understand that. And I was like, where's this coming from? And people said, don't go to America, Kay, don't, don't, don't go there. And I'm like, really? Why? What's, what's wrong with, they said, you might become like an American. I'm like, okay, what's that like? So I came here and I started talking to Americans. I've traveled to, you know, most about half the half the country, most half the states so far. I want to get to all of them, but I have just it's And where do you like best? You like the South, don't you? You really <laughs> like the South, don't you? I, I look, I like traveling, so I love it all. But it, it's it's yeah, definitely outside of the cities um you know, is my favorite. And I, I really like what I found is that the American people have been worn down and lied to. And they're accepting the lies about themselves for themselves. And, and it's, it's just ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous because 
I, but I understand. Yes, we're we're. It looks like we're up against we're up against tyrants. Yes, it looks like it, we're up against a very evil ideology. Oh, and it's hard. Yeah, it's hard. Um, that's that's life, right? If you really want to live a, a meaningful life, you have to really right. think about what what you're here for. And when I trace back those lies about America and about the American people, they go back to communists. They go back to Marxists that are trying to break down our faith, trying to break down this nation that was built un- as one nation under God. And so they know that is a big roadblock on them having a global, um, you know, playing God, basically taking over the world and all the, all the crazy things they want to do. So when I, I see what's going on here, I can understand, uh, you know, everyone's feeling worn down. The media is just constantly babbling, uh, you know, these false narratives, working in collusion with government, working in collusion with big tech and with big corporations that are controlling legislation to kill off small businesses. And, and you know, it's, it's, it's really, it's, it's crazy stuff. And, and we know, we all see it a little bit here and there and we think, oh, it's too big, it's too hard. And the biggest lie that socialists have, have presented, and this is what we're falling for, that we have to stop falling for what you mentioned before, is that socialism is inevitable, that Marxism is inevitable, that this stuff is just going to happen. So just just take it and and just just shut up and take it and be quiet. That is the biggest lie. And so when we compromise on that and just it's just a slippery slope, if we follow that line, then our our children are just going to be blown around in the wind. They won't have strong families. Um, and that will break everything apart where the state will have direct control over the individuals. And then when it comes the time and you have to face God, what are you going to say? And that's what drives me because I just know, um, I just, I just know that even, even just at the, the, you know, in, in this world, the, the labor camps, the prison camps, they eventually open up after every tyrannical regime. And people look back and say, you knew, what did you do about it? And I don't want my children or great grandchildren or whatever to look back and say, I did nothing when I knew there's a responsibility that comes when you have that knowledge. And I know people want to run away from that. They don't want to know because they, they're good people, right? There's so many good people out there and they know if they look at it, they'll feel guilty if they don't do something about it. Well, now it's the time to actually do something about it because we're just in a very historical time period. We don't know exactly when and how things are going to play out, but we know we are in a really uh, dangerous, precious, but historic period of time. And we have to fight that lie that com- that communism, socialism is inevitable because that is giving up on faith. And, and I say no to that. Uh, it is a lie. It is not inevitable. Um, it's, it's an evil, tyrannical regime trying to do bad things, but that's not what I want. And I'm not going to, I'm just not going to follow that. I, I have, after interviewing all of these, I mentioned briefly um, before, is that uh, after interviewing all these people who survived torture and brainwashing, I then looked at all the studies into brainwashing and, and how m- manipulation of the masses and, and, and Darwinism has been, been used to, to, so Marx has been used economically and Darwin has been used to, to, you know, sort of push this atheistic agenda and, and, you, you look at all that and you, you you break it down. You can really see people have survived very um, heavy brainwashing and they've come out on the other side. How do they do that? And so that's what I put together in, in my new ebook that um, you know, 10 Steps to Survive Tyranny Today, Nowhere Left to Run, because that's, 
I just think that these are just basic principles of just how to survive mental manipulation, basically. And I think these are things like strengthening family. Family is the biggest roadblock to propaganda, brainwashing. And we know faith is too, but having that family is stops the state having control over you as an individual it we that bond that you have when you're you are born into that family no one chooses you know god chooses which family you go into right so that that's completely out of our hands it's out of anyone else's hands and so those those bonds are so precious and they protect us in so many ways and yeah so i go into this in my book with a lot of solutions because yes i know the problems are bad and we, we're seeing it all around us. It's easy to get scared. We feel isolated, lonely, um, afraid, anxious. Uh, this is exactly what they want us to feel. Yep. Those who have that strategy, they want us to feel that way because then we are easily manipulated and we'll just go along like the Chinese people have. They'll just follow along and say, nothing to see here, folks. Don't look at the 10,000 dead here. Go over and look over here and forget that happened. And people did that and they mm. had to separate something in their in their souls and their conscience and say, I have to forget that that happened. And that's wrong. That's yep. really wrong. You're lying to yourself. You are not following the truth. You are accepting murder as an acceptable way to treat a fellow human being, basically calling people's animals, people animals. That's how they yeah. use Darwinism. Well, Kay, one, so, of the, one of the things you said was, you know, good. there's good people. And I know what you mean to say. You know, Jesus said there's none good except God, right? And I know what you mean to say. They're, they're decent people. They're, they're not out, you know, murdering people. They're, they're work, they do their work. Uh, they come home. They care for their families, all this kind of stuff. But if they're turning a blind eye, they're much like what we read about in Nazi Germany, some of the stories that were going on there, where the people, they heard the screams of the people on the cattle cars. They, they saw that, and they would just sing louder at church to kind of drown it out. And, it, you know, we, we've been through the story of the Good Samaritan. <clears throat> You've got the people who are the chosen people of God, the Levite, the priest. They pass by their own fellow countryman who's beaten to a bloody pulp. He's been robbed. And then his, and, and they say, oh, we got to go serve God, right? And then you've got the guy who comes in who's supposed to be the mortal enemy, and he takes his own goods, and he cares for the guy who's his mortal enemy, puts him on his donkey, takes him to the inn, loves him, cares for him, and says, hey, i got to go do my business here. When I come back, if I owe you anything, make sure this guy's taken care of, but if I owe you anything, I'll pay you for it. And apparently, he must have had a good report with, uh, with the innkeeper for him to do that uh, in Jesus' parable. But you get the idea that there is a genuine love, and it's not demonstrated in the Budweiser kind of, I love you, man. It's, it's demonstrated in what Jesus did. Did Jesus, uh, Bradley's been on this kind of trip here at the past couple of days. Did Jesus tell us he loved us? No, he showed us he loved us. And he told his disciples, he says, as I have loved you, you ought also to love one another. And by this will all men know you're my disciples for is your love for one another. And there is a tremendous power in real love that's demonstrated there. And I think, boy, if if people could get a real taste of that, who've been taught this other, it brings them to their end. I mean, mentioned the other day a film I've, uh, a friend of mine did the screenwrite for called To End All Wars. It's based on World War One. I. I don't know if you've seen it or not. Uh, but they got Kiefer Sutherland to play one of the roles in there before he became the Jack Bauer on 24 Things. So they got him, I guess, dirt cheap <laughs> compared to after. 
Uh, but they're in there. It's based on a World War One story written by a guy. And at the end, you see the real people. You see the real guy from the Allied forces. You see the real uh, guy from the Japanese forces. And the Japanese were very much like the Chinese. The emperor is, that's who we serve. He is our God. And I, I point people out to Revel, Revelation 13. What's going on there? There's a worship going on. You're either worshiping the state and tyranny, or you're going to submit yourself to God and to his laws. And that's the division. And the only way you can submit yourself to them, uh, to, to God's law, and submit yourself to God is through the Lord Jesus. There is no other name under heaven whereby men can be saved. So when you see these people and you've shared some of this hope, what are some of the practical things that you see like in America that can be done? What are some things that you're doing? I would tell people, you know, our, our family, uh, you know, we educate our kids at home. That's one of the things we believe Deuteronomy 6 says that we're to have the commands of God in our heart. We're to impart them diligently to our children. We're to talk about all these different aspects and bring scripture into that so that they have a biblical worldview so that they understand, yes, I do give an account to somebody above me and it's not the state. Uh, so we do some of those things. What are some practical things that you would give people on the show to say, hey, this maybe you can't do it perfectly right now, but you can set your life in this trajectory to start doing it. What would some, be some things that you would suggest to them as a message of hope for them? A really important one, uh, one of the steps in my book is to start thinking long term because we have been trained to think very short term. The way technology is is, is really infiltrated our, our lives, and I'm not saying technology is bad, it is what it is, but the reality is is that we're getting our news and information, our, our information largely from this tiny little screen that you can really only fit a few lines in at a time and you scroll up and before you've, you've even finished reading one thing, something else pops up and it's another shiny, shiny thing. And you, you're, just, you're just scrolling through. And when you think long, short term like that, we've, we're being trained to think very short term before people used to read books. You'd turn a page and you would go, you'd spend a few hours with, something that you you would think do i really want to spend time with this author or not do i do i trust what this person's going to say is, is this a good story i want to spend time with now we're not asking those questions because we're just scrolling through and going oh look at that this happened you don't know who wrote that you don't even know what their intention is their intention could just they could just be copying someone else they could be outright lying they could be telling you the truth you don't know so whereas the marxists think very long term their terms are they're long-term thinking is 100-year plan type thinking. Uh, in, in China, they just said, Xi Jinping last year just said, we finished our first 100-year plan. We're working on, we've now started our second 100-year plan. Meanwhile, here in America, we're getting flipped around with the news and saying, oh, no, there's this going on now. Oh, no, there's that going on now. Oh, everything's crazy. Um, we've got to get back to basics, get back to focus, start thinking longer term and really put your phone down sometimes leave it for an hour go for a walk outside without your phone try it these are little things and, and another another step that I have in um in my book is don't underestimate your value they I say they is you know these, these strategists these people who are trying to manipulate and 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 really try and um take us away from what we need to be focusing on they want us to think that we're stupid uh, they want us to think that we're animals, uh, that want us to think that only they, big government, can make decisions for us, that we're not capable or worthy of making those decisions. And we start to believe them. When you hear it enough, you start to believe it. 
So you have to stop hearing those messages. You have to get out of that and recognize who, who you are. In China, they've been taught to think, to believe that they are merely animals. That's it. Nothing more, nothing less. And that's where we, we've got to draw the line and recognize where we come from. And when you, when you recognize that you've been made in the image of God, then you have that. Uh, just, just the, there's so, there's so many miraculous things about this human body and the mind and the spirit and the soul, everything that we have that is so miraculous. And when you really get back to that, then you realize I can take some personal responsibility here. I can start to make some decisions for my own family. I can support my family to get involved in, in supporting the local community and bringing things together back at a smaller scale. Stop waiting for the federal government or some person to flip Amen. a switch because that's not how we were made. That's not how we're supposed to work. And don't just wait for the media to bring you some good news. Get your own good news. You've got it all around you in your community. I find it all the time where I am and I live in a small town. So just get back to basics. There's, there's a lot of hope. We just got to switch off the bad news for a bit. Yeah, you know, and this is one of the reasons why, and I, I haven't had it for uh, two days here, but this is one of the reasons why I did the good report uh, we would do on SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. And it'd be a list of, you know, I don't know, four or five or more stories that are good things. They're, they're things where people are heroes. They, they selflessly go and they try to save somebody or maybe they've come up with a new invention to help people in certain areas or, you know, it, maybe some of it's just a, a laugh. We get so much bad news. You know, the Bible talks about laughter is a good medicine, right? It's a, it's a good thing for us to laugh. It's a good thing to enjoy. If we're constantly fighting and we forget what we f we're fighting for, What's the point of the fight? It's it's like I ask, why do we have a hundred and whatever bases all over the world? We we take we you talking about attacks on the family? Oh boy, the military is bad about that in that they rip the the father from the family or even now the mothers and they're sending them away from the family, keeping them away for a, six months, a year, two years, five years, whatever the case may be. How is the family supposed to stay together for that? And then they're they're meals on wheels. They're uh, fighting unconstitutional wars, they're fighting on behalf of corporate, uh, you know, America and all this other, and it's like they they they're conditioned to think they're fighting for freedom. That's their mindset. They they actually believe that, but the reality is something else. And you're exactly right. We've got to get back to remembering who we are as a people. Why it is why it is we are. Why has God put us in? this land we call America. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm old fashioned. I tell people, uh, I, I don't buy the, the nation thing. I go, my country is South Carolina. That's where I live. That's my country. It's a sovereign country. And we, we've lost those kinds of values and community you're talking about because in the community, you know, my pastor, he says, don't worry about what you can do in DC. Don't worry about what you can do in state. Cause you can't, you don't control that, but you can't control what goes on in your own house. And you have some bit of influence and control in your in your local community and people have been conditioned since the time of lincoln i think he was a tyrant i'm a good old southern boy i'm going to tell you that uh he was a tyrant and since that time that's where the marxists have really pushed forward and they've caused people to look to the state the beast system which it is now as the solution for all of their problems all the answers to the questions they have when really God has given it to us in the simplest means, I appreciate what you said about that, in the simple things of life. 
you know, some people are talking about cashless society. Yeah, I'm concerned about that. But the fact of the matter is we've been living a cashless society for quite some time in practice. Credit cards, debit cards, those are, there's a cashless. All of that's there. But the fact of the matter is we can live apart from that. If we'll just go back to the old paths, as the Bible says, we'll learn what our forefathers, how did they live before all that? Even when they brought in cash, how were they living before that? We can go back and do those things if we want to do those things. So here's what I want to do. I want to give you the final word, Kay. Thank you. You've been a great guest and very enlightening. Uh, we got some comments in the chat uh, that that explain that as well. Uh, but go ahead and give the, fi- the, the a final word of exhortation to our audience, something that you really want them to stick in their mind, and then be sure to tell them about where they can find out more about you. Okay, a, a, a last a last point uh, about the simplicity, getting back to basics. The power of a, you know, interviewing, a, there was a woman who I interviewed who um, had survived brutal torture, and she said in the slave labor prison camp, the guards were trying to stop them from making eye contact because when they made eye contact, um, it could just bring hope to someone and say, I'm not broken. And she said they would be even more scared of a smile because a smile would send a shockwave through the whole camp saying, she's not broken. This was a female slave labor prison camp. She's not broken. And everyone would know just in an instant, she smiled. And it's, it's, it's that to me, that is the basic, basic way to fight, fight tyranny. Every time you have that smile, no matter how hard things get, if you know, you know, a clear in yourself that you, you are made in the image of God and you have, you've been gifted that you have all the power you need to survive within yourself. You have everything there. I really believe that. And that's what I found in viewing these, uh, uh, you know, hundreds of people. So just the, even the real simplicity, even just the basic of a basicness of a smile is not just for you, because even when you're at the, the worst point, force yourself to smile, do it again and again and again, and everything in your miraculous body is going to start feeling great and you're going to feel better, guaranteed. Just keep working at it. But your smile is a gift to everyone around you and, and it can change everyone around you. So don't underestimate your power. Um, please go to my website, krubacek.com, K-A-Y-R-U-B-A-C-E-K.com. Uh, all my social media links are there and you can get my um, free ebook there that uh, was talking about those sort of 10 steps uh, to survive tyranny today. And my book on China, um, Who Are China's Walking Dead, is you can get it from my website. You can get it on Amazon. Um, the audio book is there as well. So, uh, but the the... Yeah, you can, all the links there on my um, on my website, also to uh, my movies and things as well that you can take a look at. Okay, Kate Rubicek, thank you so much for this morning. Uh, wow, what what an informative! I'd, I'd I'd like to have you back on if you want to go into some more detail on some of those things. Maybe we'll we'll keep in touch. I got your number and stuff, so we'll we'll see if we can keep in touch. Maybe bring you on in the future and go through some more of these stories. I think it's very helpful for people to see what's going on on the other side of the world, so to speak and how we see its influence here. And I think it's largely because the people in America, um, in, in, a, in a large part, have, how do I say this? I, I don't know a nice way to say it. We've departed wickedly from our God, just like Israel has. We, we've left God off and we thought, God has done so great things here in America and in our lives, and we forgot him. We've thinking, 
well, we've made all this. We've done all this. And no, it is God's blessing on a people, but our blessings are soon becoming our cursings, even as Deuteronomy 28 says. Hang on, and I'll say goodbye to you off air. Guys, catch Bradley, I guess, at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, sonsoflibertymedia.com. We'll be back with the Common Core Diva Lynn Taylor tomorrow, right in the core Wednesday. We're going to have some stuff on education again, government usurpation, and reminding you guys and myself, look, I preach it to myself, even though we're trying to practice it and all, is that the commands of God are going to be in our hearts, and we are the educators, we are the teachers of our children. They are ours, they are given to us as a heritage from the Lord, Psalm 127 and 128, and we're to raise them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord so that they don't go out and get a job. That's not the issue. We want, we want them to work hard, we want them to have a good work ethic. But it's so they may glorify the one who has created us and who sent his son to die for us. We'll talk to you then. 6 a.m., Lord willing. See you.